0: Every once in a while, you feel a little low on faith. You're wondering where it hid. If you put that scripture up, I'm going to read right off of the screen because I have two different translations set in front of me. Now who is there Now, who is there to harm you? Who is trying to hurt you? If you are zealous for what is good. Next verse. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Amen, somebody. This is interactive Bible reading. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. We need a sign up here that says, don't feed the fear. Like at the zoo, don't feed the animals. You need the same thing in your life. A little sign that pops up when you start to feel fear. Don't feed the fears. Have, go back. <laughs> he's, he's very zealous at the back there. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Go on to the next verse. But in your hearts, honor Christ. Everyone say, honor Christ. The Lord as holy. He is holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you. Amen. Someone say hope. It's a very important word. We're going to talk on it just a minute at the beginning here. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect doesn't mean you need to be popping your neck, snapping your fingers, telling them off. It means you need to learn how to tell the hope that's in you about Jesus Christ with respect and gentleness. Amen. Go on to the next verse. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile you, your good behavior, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame in last verse. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. It is better to suffer for doing good, if it's God's will, than for doing evil. Are you glad that whenever someone says something bad about you and you know you've done good, that your suffering is unto God? And that if they say something against you, God's going to keep the records, amen? I feel like there's a lot of places where people can say a lot of things nowadays about us, and they don't even have to know you. They can just tweet it out or they can post it on your Facebook or somewhere where you, you're not even expecting someone to say something hateful. But even while they're hating, guess what? God's keeping score, and He's going to be putting somebody to shame over those words because you know that you're living it. Amen? When you're living for the Lord and someone says something about you, just lift your hands and say, God, you're going to take care of it. I don't have to fight that battle. He's going to take care of it. I'm thankful for this word today jesus let me pray over you god we ask you to let this word sink deep into our hearts we give you this moment in your presence and we pray that our faith is not only found but our faith is strengthened in jesus name everyone said amen you may be seated there are two key statements really there it's one statement said two different ways that i want to anchor this first installment of this god's not dead series And in reading through the sermon, I want you to know I'm not just taking the sermon that they created uh, for the material. I want you to know that I prayed over this and I started pulling away from their material and started preaching what I felt God gave me because that's how the Holy Ghost works. Hello, somebody. It's really hard to preach somebody else's sermon whenever you have God working on the inside of you, telling you what He needs the people of God to hear. So I want to talk to you for just a minute about some of the things that God has laid on my heart and really... Faith is the foundation of all those comments today, all those things that I say. And and, in saying that, I mean that faith determines the flow of your life. Do you know that? Another way of saying it is what you believe is what you become. It's not only just in our realm and in our church lingo and our vernacular in churches when we talk about and preach about the word of God and it shall come to pass and things will happen if you believe and if you only have the faith of a mustard seed that you will believe. Because sometimes we we get to believe in all of those things and talk in all those things in church, but we don't understand that the world has their own language for that too. They call it self-help and they call it um, positive thinking and, and there's all kinds of quotes you can go find and places you can pin and things that you can look up online where there's just an abundance of positive um, energy and things that people try to take and believe and you know what they see success from it because when they start to believe themselves to be something they start to become that and I want to be a man of God how about you I want to be a woman of God and my faith structure is built in such a way that it begins to bring me to what I believe in and so if I know that God is one and there is no God beside him and God is everlasting and true and that he is omniscient and omnipresent and there is no other God that's going to get glory beside him so when Jesus begins to speak of his father which is in heaven he's not talking about another God he's talking about God who is eternal and great and that he is flesh and he is a man that came to die for us and then hanging between heaven on the cross he brought us back to the one for which we had problems and for the one for which we disobeyed. Amen. There had to be death for sin and I'm grateful that he died for me because there was a place in my life where I didn't believe that a father could have my best interest at heart. But whenever I found Jesus and I found out he was God in flesh and I found out he didn't send Jehovah Junior to save me and to claim me back but he came himself and he disrobed himself of his glory and he disrobed himself of all honor and said I will go down and get my children back. And that way I find that I can put my faith in almighty God because he had his best for me. But when that got broken, he brought his best for me. He didn't come and say, Jesus, go on down there and fix those children. They've been wayward. He said, I'm going to begot I'm going to begin flesh in a manger. He stepped off a throne to enthrone himself on a manger. That's how great our God is. You know when you got it, have you ever had some something where you knew you were good at something and they came to you and they kind of mocked you for it, but whenever you got the goods, you don't have to tell anybody about it. In fact, the people that talk real loud about how good they are, the chances are they're just fronting hello somebody. They're just saying it up because they don't have what it takes to back it up. Amen. And so I know for a fact that God is not the type to just talk about it and not back it up because he said, I'm willing to come to the lowest place, a manger, so that I can take my children to the highest place, a heaven. Hallelujah. Somebody. But what we have to understand is that even though faith draws us to become something, we have to know that if faith begins it, faith finishes it. How many know that's true? I'll show you that in 2 Timothy 4 and 7 before we get done. But the major question we have to ask ourselves today is where will you stand? Because not only do you have to ask yourself that question, but you have to ask yourself, am I strong enough to stand when my time comes to stand? And the only way you can be strong enough to stand on what counts and what matters is if you have enough faith in your life to take that stand. And the Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, the the oration of the Word of God. That's why in the Old Testament, you see law that says that the Levitical priests were to read through the Pentateuch or the law to the children and to the next generation. They were literally supposed to stand and read the Word of God on a regular basis. Just read the articles of God and the written Word of God out loud, orally, over the people because there's something about hearing God's Word that brings faith faith to the human heart. Amen? There's something about hearing the stories of men that struggled and trusted God and believed God. Hearing David stand in front of a Goliath that mocked him with a spear the size of a weaver's of weaver's beam and, and the things that he said about David. And David said, talk all you want to. You can't see Gabriel standing next to me who's about to fight this battle with me. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I'm preaching to somebody's faith. There's been something said about you there's been something done about on you and you have been standing there wondering should I say something back should I fight back is this my battle I want to tell you the battle belongs to the Lord and you need to let God step up into your situation because when he shows up he does just and he does righteous and he does holy things amen somebody The Bible says whatever things are pure and holy that we are to think on these things and it does even further, it says, whatsoever things are just, we need to understand that there are times where there's a fight on our hands, and we need to fight the injustices that are in this world. We need to stand up on our faith and say, no, 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 no. That is not the way it needs to be. That is an injustice. There are millions of babies dying in the womb, and we need to stand with faith and say, no, no, no. There is a reason to give voice to those who don't have a voice. There's a reason to stand.'" for what is unjust in our world. Amen, somebody. And when people struggle with identity crisis and different things, we don't stand on our faith as a way to be a bully pulpit, to beat somebody into submission. But we stand up and say, if you need love, I know the best kind of love you can find is called agape, and it comes from God. And I have faith to believe that his love is enough love for you to find your identity in Jesus Christ and to be made whole in him. Amen, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching real good in here today the story portrays in so many areas of the word of God how men fought and overcome and struggled and saw and I want you to know that sometimes we can deal with that that that, that faith that starts us on something and then we get into some struggle or some difficulty and we feel like our faith goes and hangs out somewhere and we feel that start and that stop like I want to do something for God and then we get a little ways in and like oh sickness hits or or struggle hits or difficulty or something comes up we just weren't expecting and it seems like that start and Stop can make us have faith sickness. Everyone say faith sickness. Have you ever ridden in a car and they 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 don't know how to they don't know how to really love on those (laughs) brakes? It's like they they speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down, and you're about 15 minutes in the car. What you're sick because of that constant jolting of your body. You just can't handle it. And and we got this new vehicle. My wife and I were blessed to find a nice vehicle after many long years in the desert waiting and searching. We finally found a good vehicle that worked for us, and the brakes work really great. So the first time I'm riding with her, I'm on my phone, and I don't get motion sickness. I just don't. I, I, can, go, I can go out on a boat. I've been with friends who turn white as a ghost, throw up off the back of the boat, and I'm just fine. You know, I'm, I'm good. But we're riding in this new car, and every time we take off, it's like, and I'm like, honey, you need to squeeze the brakes like an orange. Just real soft. Just, just love on those bricks. She's like, I'm trying. It's just they're new. They're so good. They stop us on a dime. And I'm like, I know, I'm feeling it. I'm getting sick. And you can have that happen spiritually, did you know that? Whenever you have faith to believe something to start, and then you run it into the struggles of that battle, you can begin to feel that start and stop of your faith, where it's like, man, I believe God for this, but there's difficulties, or struggle, I feel like I'm starting and stopping, but if you know that God is still working, and you know that you've invested your faith in Him, not in the circumstance, that He's going to make it work out for good, amen? Anybody still check Romans 8, 28 lately, where it says, all things work together for for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You see, a lot of people want everything to work out for their good whether they're starting and then they're stopping it, and they're feeling it. But I want you to know that there's a qualification. It says all things work together for good, not for everybody, but for those who are called according to his purpose. Amen, somebody. Do you have purpose in your life? Do you have a fire for being here today? I need somebody that knows how to keep their faith up. I need somebody that knows that when I'm going to stand, I'm going to reap build my faith i'm going to keep my faith high so that i can fight the good fight of faith hello somebody and so i know that in coincidences and situations that seem like they're blindsiding can kind of cause you to 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 question your faith but i want you to know if he began it he'll finish it amen so where you stand is important but also do you have faith to stand is important And if you have faith to stand, you have to realize that there's a difference between where your dreams and what you're believing God for are located and where you are right now. Your faith walk is very important. Over here, let's just say in, in context here, I'll give you a little bit of understanding maybe. Over here is what you're believing God for. What you're trusting God for. I, I believe I'm going to be healed. I believe God's going to do revival, have revival. I believe God's going to help us. I believe that God's going to help me pay that bill I can't pay. Whatever it is. You put that dream, that plan, that hope, that purpose, that thing that gives you a passion to get up in the morning, that thing that, reaches, that makes you reach over to hit snooze, but the alarm hasn't gone off yet because you're ready to get up in the morning and you're ready to nail it and hit it and go. That thing that you're praying and trusting God for is over here. Now you are way back over here. And you're like, I believe God can do that. I trust that God's going to do that. I, I, I think God can give us 150 people in this church. I, I believe that. Hello, somebody. Y'all got quiet on me. You're making me nervous. And you're over here, and you're hanging out, and you're praying and believing God. I believe God can give me that promotion on the job. I believe God can can cause me to only have to work one job instead of two. I believe that God can do all things, and He's working all things together for good. Amen? Because I'm called according to His purpose. And, and I believe that. So what you're doing is you're actually believing God over here while you have your situation or your dream or whatever you are believing God for over there. And this whole section in between is the process, which I talked about just a little bit last week, in the middle, that, that walk where you're walking out your faith to believe God for what you're going after in Jesus Christ. And if it's in his purpose and if it's in his will, guess what? You might just be one worship away from it. You might just be one praise away from that thing because praise I talked about activates. And so what if you're here and you just give God a hallelujah? It might take you to here and you give him a little praise you Jesus. I know you're working it out. All of a sudden you can find yourself right in the middle of a dream and the thing that you you trusted God for and believe God for all off of your praise and your worship while you were standing, believing God for something or while you were taking a stand for an injustice in your workplace or on the job or someplace your family you're like no you can't talk about them like that you don't know them like i know them you don't understand their situation you go ahead and judge and hate all you want to but i know them and i'm going to stand up for my friend who has the best intentions in what they're doing you can take a stand and while you take a stand you can just worship god no matter what anybody says or no matter what anybody does to you and your faith will carry you right over into that promise amen somebody The thing that's a struggle for so many of us is the idea of something is not always the reality of something. You can have a dream for something. You can believe God for something and see it in your mind, and you can literally praise and worship your way into it and get there, and it looks nothing like what you thought it was going to look like. And there are so many people sitting on pews right now today in America that are living a blessed life that they prayed for, but it looks different than what they thought it was going to. Because the idea didn't match the reality. The idea of taking a stand for our sin was to save us from our fall and disobedience. But the reality was one bleeding out on a cross. Didn't look like they thought, brother. The disciples are like, no, don't even talk like that. You're not going to a cross. There's no way. We're going to destroy the Roman government. We're going to set up your kingdom on earth. This is not going to happen. My faith was in something completely different, Jesus. My idea was that we're going to build three tabernacles, have a big party, amen, and Jesus is going to make his government set up on the earth. That's not what happened. Jesus said, I'm going to go to a cross, and I'm going to shed real blood for real sins. We don't preach about sin enough anymore in church, Sister Gannon, because people are afraid of that word. The word really means the word really means what separates you from God, and if there's a separation, then you have to know that Jesus is the one at the center of it all. And as we sang today, and Jesus at the center of it all, I just kind of stood over there and I just wept because He's been at the center of everything in my life for so long that I don't worry about the middle. I don't worry about the things that go on in between the faith that I believe to start and the promise that I'm going after. I don't worry about it because I know that whatever is said against me, no matter what this world does and I, I believe me, I know it's, it's crazy out there. I just, I was prepping this sermon and I looked at the news USA Today says the court on the brink of transformation, whoever wins this election is going to literally change the courts from conservative to liberal and they said the conservative precedent that's been there for years can be changed by one campaign. Never has there been a campaign like this since 1968. All of that is going on in our world right now. People are putting it on headlines. USA today coming out that even saying Trump is unfit for presidency. They're taking stands that they should probably not even take because they feel like they should. But I want you to know while the world is spinning and all of its problems, I still trust God in the middle. I still believe there's a middle man who makes up the difference friends, someone should get on your feet and give God five seconds of praise because He is worthy in the middle of all the mess. He can make good out of it. I'm finding my faith in all of the faults of this world. Amen. Hallelujah. Three, two, one. Amen. Thank you for that praise break. I'm so glad that I have consistency. Because Cur- that's the thing. The currency of your faith is the confession of your mouth what purchases the things that you believe from god is what you say the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth scripture says the word is nigh thee it's close to you what you're believing for is close to you. It's even in your mouth. It says that life and death is in the tongue, and what you're speaking. If you're if you are um, constantly telling yourself negative things, you'll live out negative things. But if you're constantly telling yourself, "I am more able. I'm great. Greater is He that is in me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God is good. Amen. His mercies are everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations." That means that I have the right to know pure truth, and I. Have have the right to look through the lies, and the Spirit of God is going to help me find the truth in my life. Amen, somebody. I'm praying today for somebody that's stuck in the middle, that feels like they're in that in-between place where you're you're, you're not where you wanna be, but you know you're not where you used to be. And you're giving praise because you know, thank God as we started today, I'm not who I used to be, but I'm not yet who I wanna be. I see more and I see things that God wants to do in my life. And I'm praying that God will get me there. But while I'm having the faith for that, I'm gonna stand on the merits of my mouth. I'm going to stand on the merits of God's word. And I put his word in my heart that I might speak it out of my heart so that whenever I begin to speak the word, I just start agreeing with Jesus. Hey, I'm am amazing. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God's going to do great things in my life. I don't have to worry about the anxiety. I don't have to worry about the fear. I don't have to worry about not being what I feel like I could be. I struggle uh, as a father because of not having a father. You know this to be true. And there's moments where uh, my faith is high, but I'm not sure I'm being the best dad. And my kids come to me and they're like, Dad, I want to assure you, you're spoiling us. You're you're doing a good job, Dad. You're there for us. You're helping us. But I don't always feel that way. And today I had a situation where my daughter was just cranky all morning. You know, just one of those days where they're just cranky. (laughs) Can I get a witness for a kid that's cranky? And she was just not happy, and she gets here, and she's causing trouble at the church at the this morning when we first got here, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? My sweet baby girl is having problems. And, and so my son is fighting her, and I'm like, hey, what's what's up? And he's like, well, she's mad because I didn't take her to breakfast, and so she's been a curmudgeon all morning because I didn't go take her down and get her breakfast. And I'm like, all right, all right. So I had a choice. I could do what my father used to do. <laughs> Pound you into the ground. You're going, to, you're going to submit and you're going to obey and you're going to sit right there. Kids don't need to make noise. They need to be seen, not heard. You know, all of that kind of thinking. Or I could love on her. And so I went into the kid's life room and the lights were still off. They weren't set up yet. And she's off in the corner just hiding because she's having such a bad day. And of course, my dad's heart just kind of broke right then. But I went after her to show her love because I had decided that I'm not gonna be the man that my stepdad was. I'm gonna be a better dad. I have this plaque right on the side of my bed that says, be the father you want them to remember. And so I walked in there to find her. And she was in the dark, she's sitting off by herself. She has this look on her face of sadness. And I said, come here. And she had to trust me that I had the best for her calling her out of the darkness to go to my office. Because usually when pastor calls you to his office, (laughs) it's going to be trouble, you know. (laughs) If you're on that side of the door and not on this side of the door, well, you know, it's reprimand time. I'm just playing. But She trusted me enough that I love her even though I'd already asked her, what's wrong with you this morning? What's going on? And she didn't want to say, but when I called to her, she, she trusted me enough that I had her best in mind, Jesse, that she got up out of her little hiding spot, walked through the darkness, and came into the light into my office. And when I sat down in my chair, she was waiting for, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know he loves me. And I sat down and I spun around and I just took her in my arms. She started crying. And she started experiencing love regardless of her actions. That's what God's like. He calls us out of some things that we think we're safe in. I'm safe here. I'm sad, but I'm safe. And he calls us gently. And if we understand and have faith in God, if we have kept our faith up, we know that he's not going to call us to something that hurts us or that harms us, but he's going to gently call us out and take us to a place and he's going to set us in his arms and he's just going to put his arms around us and say, I know you're having a rough morning. I know this morning is not everything you wished it would have been. I know things are not quite where you wish they were and I know you're even struggling with your own impatience and your own heart, heart, but guess what? I love you. And she wept in my arms and I sat there and I prayed and I thanked God That I could be that kind of father to her. But I never saw it before. That is what faith in God does. It allows you to be somebody you had never seen. Something that you have never seen for you. It allows you to be greater. And in the experience, she just cried. She didn't know why she was crying. She just felt love. She didn't know why she was feeling so much love. She just knew that I wasn't attacking her. And then I finally said, were you upset this morning because you didn't get breakfast? (laughs) She goes, yeah, yeah. I said, well, let's go get you some food. Sometimes you have to meet the physical needs to show love on a spiritual level. Amen, somebody. And While we're in the middle of things, we don't need somebody in our posse. Hello, someone on the back row. We don't need somebody up in our crew pointing out all the things we've done wrong. Well, you know, talk to you about that, bro. I, I'm i talking to the back row, you know, all those people that have the lingo. Bro, dude, I told you not to go there. I told you you are going to get, you know, I told you you are going to get beat up. No, I told you there's going to be a problem if you kept on doing that. And now I'll look at you. I don't even feel bad for you. You've brought it on yourself. Go and have fun with that black eye. Ice it or something. You look horrible. Not like you've looked any better for the last week and a half. You just look, re- you're a wreck. Clean yourself up, man. You don't need people like that in your crew. You need people that go, "Hey, hey, hey, I know I know you like going through that drive-through, but you need to eat healthier because I need you here for my kids and I need you here to love me and I need you to be a good dad. I know, I know that you have been through some things, but once you get in the word of God because look let me show you this verse Jesus gave to me because I've been praying for you, and I believe God's going to do something great for you. You need somebody in your posse that's positive that brings you a Bible with their thumb in it and says, this is the word of the Lord I got for you. This is the power of God that has come down when I was praying over you, when I was seeking God for you. No, they're not telling you all the things you did wrong. They're coming and saying there's blood, there's grace, there's something that's greater, and you can find it, and you can live it, and I believe in you, and I know you're gonna get there, and I know you're stuck in the middle right now, but I believe Jesus is gonna bring you out of it, and I know for sure. Because my faith is not in how good you are. My faith is in how good God is to help you. Oh my, let's give him a praise. I, I just need a praise break for 10 seconds. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Come get on your feet and let's just give God a praise for just a minute. Lord, I thank you for gathering people around me who have my best in mind. And when they see me falling down in my faith in the middle, they lift me up. In Jesus name, Jesus name, Hebrews eleven and one. You maybe see it real quick. I'm hurrying on, so you need to keep your faith up. You need a present faith. That that doesn't mean a gift faith. That means a right now faith. Hebrews eleven one. You find these if you put that up there for me. You find that the Bible gives a a requirement to us that we don't even sometimes notice. It it. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The actual King James I like better because it says, the evidence of things hoped for. It says, now faith is the evidence of things hoped for, or the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I, I had a golf ball when I was younger, and I just experienced golf, and I just started liking golf. And whenever you take the cover off a golf ball, you know what's inside of it. Now, this is talking like 20 years ago, okay? A bunch of rubber bands, exactly. A bunch of rubber bands wrapped up. That's how they, that's how they would bounce so great. They just had a bunch of rubber bands wrapped and then a core, uh, like a cover over it. And we would, we would cut those open and unwind the rubber bands, you know, woo, and just uh, watch it unwind because, and it was, it was a lot of fun. So what you have to understand is if, if hope is a golf ball, faith is the rubber bands, on the inside. So faith is the substance of hope. And we talked earlier when we were reading that scripture in Peter, how you need to hold on to hope. Some people don't have any hope to hold on to because they don't have any faith that's the substance of their hope. And so if you have somebody that's talking like, I don't know if we can make it, we can't do this, we just have no ability, and they have no hope, then you need to walk them backwards and say, well, who do you believe in? Because if they have no hope, the reason why they have no hope is because they have no faith. And if they have no faith, then you you have to teach them who to put their faith in. And once you find a place to put their faith, then they can begin to build hope that's lasting hope. It's interesting that you see here that the Bible says, now faith. Faith for right now, Jesse. Read this differently for the rest of your life. I give you permission. And that's not saying, let's talk about faith. It's saying, faith for right now is the substance or the evidence of things hoped for. If you believe God for the things in the past that he's washed and put under the blood, we can praise over that, amen. If you believe God for the things in the future that you're headed toward, we can praise God over that on credit, amen. But can you praise God for what you're in right now? Because... What he's saying here is, I just interpret it this way. This is, this is Brother Calhoun, um, you know, JDC translation. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. If I have a situation and I'm in the middle of, and I don't know what to do with the situation, I'm beyond my ability to search out and find good answers, I ask myself one ques- question, do I have faith right now? Because if I have faith right now, That means that I have evidence of things that I'm hoping for and that there is a substance in my life that's working in the middle of my now moments. How many things have you asked God and prayed for God to show up in your now moments when you've already checked out because you're not sure how they're going to turn out? How many times have you asked God to be present in something that you actually are absent from because you have not enough faith to believe God to make that thing turn to good? Is it not for us to understand that if we have now faith, that is truly something powerful. That if I ask myself, do I believe God for what I've been through? Yes, I'm thankful. Do I believe God for where I'm going? Yes, I'm thankful. But do I believe God for where I am right now? I, I think I think God can do something miraculous with my situation right now. You know what that does for me? That puts hope back in my heart. That gives me a power, and I feel the Holy Ghost. So I'm speaking to somebody, you need electrical power and fire put back in your life just ask yourself do i have faith right now regardless of how my legs feel regardless of how the sickness is in my gut body regardless of how my back feels regardless of what's going on, on the job do i believe god right now now faith present faith ever present faith Amen. is what you need in your life i believe i believe that good good place to worship brother jesse Good place to worship. I believe that God can do a now or present faith work in my life. Amen? He finished anything that would have finished you. So you have the ability to have faith in the middle of a struggle. Amen? So faith needs a plan. You have to know that faith without works is dead. You have to know that you're going to have to stand somewhere. And so in order to do that, your faith walk needs a faith plan. You need to find out some information. You need to go search out the best options. And when you do that, then you need to take your faith and apply it to it and say, Jesus, what would you have me do? And when you get the will of God for that situation, you go after it. Everybody say amen. Amen. We want God to fill in all the gaps for us, and sometimes he's waiting for us to get active. Faith causes action, amen? You have all kinds. I, I grew up in church. Oh, we believe God. God's going to do something great. We dance, we shout, we sing songs. Isn't God good to give us so many blessings? And we drive our jalopy home. We're singing about stuff that we're not experiencing. And yet we all have, we got faith for it. I don't, we, we hear things and I don't receive that. I'm, no, I don't receive that. I believe the word of the Lord. And you know, that's good to have, but your faith also has to have action applied to it. We have so much faith to believe God to do something, but some people in, back in the day would believe God for everything, but wouldn't fill out an application to save their life. If you don't have action with your faith, you have faith that is dead because faith without works is dead. Get yourself some now faith and go do something on a Monday morning that changes your life. Oh, somebody ought to shout right there. Move upon your faith. Do something. Get the right attitude. Get the right crew behind you and get the right enduring faith. Faith that hasn't trained or been to the gym is not faith that knows how to work, amen? Faith is a muscle. You have to work that muscle. The more you work it, the bigger that muscle gets. The more load that muscle can handle. That is what your faith is. It's a muscle. And your faith is often demonstrated by your mouth, the words of your mouth. And so if you are talking down, I'm so stupid. I never get it right. Just never, I don't ever get a break. Nothing ever happens right for me. Guess what? You're building the, the, the actual atrophy of your faith through your mouth. And you need to turn that around by beginning to endure in faith, beginning to let your mouth speak things that maybe your heart doesn't quite feel yet, but you can speak your way into acting it. You can have faith into action, amen? You can start talking your way. I'm going to be a good dad. When I have the option to pound down on discipline or to just reach out and wrap my daughter in arms of love, I'm going to wrap her in arms of love. I'm going to do like Jesus and call her out of darkness Into marvelous light. Hello somebody, I snuck that one in there. She was she didn't know what to expect, but she knew that I loved her and her enduring faith is what got her the victory. Which came as a lemon pound cake from Starbucks. But it got her something. And you need stretching faith. Everyone say stretching faith. Why do we stretch, Jesse? Gets blood flowing. To the muscles. It allows your recovery time to almost be cut in half. If you don't have faith that stretches for anything, you will constantly deal with fatigue in your spiritual man. But if you're reaching for something in God, if you have something that you want from God and you put it on your wall at home and you pray about it every day in that war room or that prayer closet, or you seek God in any way that you can through his word, you're stretching in your spirit for something. And when you stretch, blood goes to that stretch, amen. Jesus is the blood of the lamb shed for us and I'm grateful that his blood can fall on a situation. I may not even know what I'm praying, but if I stretch for it in faith, you need a stretching faith I'm preaching in this place. Place right now. You need something that reaches for something you can never get on your own but God can do it through the power of his blood and through the work of his hands he can do it. We need to stop being a church that just comes to service and start being a church who is the service of the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. We need to start stretching ourselves beyond our schedules and stretching ourselves beyond where we've been comfortable because when you stretch yourself your recovery time is cut in half. And sometimes we recover from spiritual fatigue by stretching to serve others. I wish I could preach that so long. I just, I want you to know that I need, I need a place of service in my life where I stretch my faith. And it may not be the perfect place, but we have to learn to stretch. Amen. Someone say stretch. Because I believe for better. My experience this morning with my daughter was better because I've stretched myself to be that man in Jesus Christ. And you need, number four, continued faith. Everyone say, continued faith. Luke talks to us about this in finishing today. There's places where Luke talks about that God's a finisher, and there's so much here that that I, I can't even get to all of this, but I would tell you that Isaiah talks about waiting upon the Lord and we do well when our faith is, is continuing in, in a path that's not interrupted. But when interruptions come, we have to look at Isaiah 40 and 31 and just say, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How many are walking and you're just trusting God? I'm not going to faint. I'm going to run and not be weary. They shall renew their strength. That means that you have to have exhausted your strength for your strength to be renewed. You have to have put yourself into something enough to where you sat back and said, God, I need rest, and he renews your strength. If you've never done anything that wore you out in the faith, you need to know that there's going to to come an interruption in your faith walk that will do that and you need to wait upon the Lord in prayer amen somebody most don't work then wait most wait and then work they believe God and when they think God's doing something then they'll get to work but what the scripture tells us is the best place to do it is not to just sit down and go okay Lord Whenever you get ready, go ahead and show up. We're waiting on you, Jesus. <laughs> we're just waiting. We're going to have revival someday. I had not taught a Bible study in six years, but we're going to have a revival someday. You're waiting to work. And God said you need to have the different, a different structure in your life. The belief is that he will honor what you reach for. He will apply his blood to what you stretch for. He will give you recovery power when you wait on the Lord as you stretch. But you have to have the structure off that belief of, I'm going to work until I'm tired. Then I'm going to wait on his renewal. Then I'm going to work again and be renewed. And when you do that, you become a stronger Christian. Amen? Because sometimes you're going to have to stand, and somewhere you're going to have to stand where it's uncomfortable. There's going to be people that come into your life that don't understand your faith walk. And you're going to have to take a stand for for God. You are. Even more on this day, as we look at more and more situations like the movie on Friday night, we see people that are going to court for the name of Jesus. I want you to know that in the last day, Jesus is even looking for faith in the earth. He's going to come back to find faith. Luke 18.8, if you throw that up for me, Nate. I want to finish with this today because I really feel... And you know what? I don't think I even got to any of this sermon that they have canned here for me because I'm not that kind of preacher. But I will tell you this, that in Luke 18, 8, this is what God wanted me to finish with today. There's a couple others. Get me John 19, 30, Nate, and get me also 2 Timothy 4 and 7, and we'll finish that out today. How many are thankful for the word of God today? How many? How many need to know that your start and stop is going to be okay, that God's working? See, the devil doesn't look at you at church today and go, oh, dear Lord, they've been to church. We better not touch them now. They're like, well, boys, talking to the demons, let's head on back because they went to church today. The devil's not like that. He'll like, well, let's mess with their marriage. Let's, let's ramp it up in their finances and, and bring a bill they weren't expecting. He'll do things not because um, he'll do things that cause you to feel overwhelmed, And when you have a moment of overwhelming, you need to wait up on the Lord. If you throw up there Luke 18 first for me, Luke 18, 8. I tell you that he will be avenged of them speedily. There's a couple things that went on in the scripture before this, but nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, that's what I want to focus on. Shall he find miracles in the earth? Shall he find the saved in the earth? Shall he find the believers in the earth? He's looking for those that have faith in the earth. And the reason why it says that is because there will be great things that happen off of people that believe. Because you can't even obey the word of God for salvation if you don't start with belief. But your belief doesn't stop there. It causes you to go on and be baptized in the name of Jesus and be filled with the spirit of God. Amen? Somebody. That would be a good place to say amen right there. So faith is the finisher faith is what jesus is looking for when he comes back to the earth john nineteen thirty, it says this jesus if you jump there john nineteen thirty, jesus finished it so that we could have a finishing faith do you have that for me brother when jesus therefore had received the vinegar he said what does he say it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost jesus finished it for us amen somebody He showed us how to finish well. In 2 Timothy 4 and 7 says this. 2 Timothy 4 and 7. It says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished, everyone say finished, my course. I have kept the what? Faith. And he goes on, this is Paul at the end of his life, and he says, therefore there is a treasure laid up for me in heaven. I know there's a good thing coming. Grandma would say, hold on to your fork. The best is yet to come. And I want to tell you today that you need to find your faith in the middle of the struggle. You need present faith. Amen, somebody. You need enduring faith. Amen, somebody. You need stretching faith. Amen, somebody. You need continue faith. Amen, somebody. And you need finishing faith. Let's stand today in the presence of the Lord jesus today i know you're here and there may be somebody in the sound of my voice right now either online or in this room that has felt like giving up because they couldn't see the promises coming quick enough but lord i ask for your faith uh to to show up in our lives in the form of patience That you would give us patience to wait on you, Jesus, in our faith walk. That while we're in between, we just take your hand and just say, I don't know why it got to be this way. I don't know why I'm in the middle of my life. I should be at the prime of my days and here I am alone. I don't know why I'm spending time searching out a new career, seeking out something new, but I'm with Jesus. Anybody here today believe that you're with Jesus and if he's with me in the middle, it's going to make all the difference. And if he calls to me, I trust that he has my best in mind. He has my best intentions at heart hallelujah I pray that our faith today is lifted because faith is what gives us access to the promises of God Lord if there's anyone here that has spoken negatively about themselves or they have looked in the mirror and said I just don't like what I see I just don't like where my family life is at I just don't know where, where everything's going I pray you give them the ability to begin to speak faith in this room. Pray, Reach up just right now and just put your hand on your mouth right now. I know it seems like a gimmick, but would you do it? Just reach up and put your hand on your mouth and just say, Jesus, would you help me to speak the words of life? Would you help me to speak your written word over my life? Would you draw me by my faith would you build me on my beliefs and would you help me to be all that you called me to be in Jesus name use my mouth as the currency of my faith help me to speak into existence salvation for my sister my brother help me to speak into existence the good things for my life and I pray it in Jesus name Now, if you're going to do that, that's a commitment. But if you're going to do that, would you just lift your hands and ask God to be very personal with you right now and just thank Him that you have the opportunity to craft your life through the words that you speak. And may it be the words that are the will of God in your life. In Jesus' name, in every room in our heart, Lord God, come and search out the things that we need to let go of and the things that we need to deliver to you. Here's how it ends. Imagine someone gets online and begins to say all kinds of negative, horrible things about you. And then you find out about that person that they ended up doing something and they got convicted. And and you find out that there's a court trial. And you're asked to attend that court trial. And they're convicted for very heinous and ridiculous crimes, many over years and years of time things that you can't imagine a human being would ever do. And at the end of the trial they turn to you and say we know this person said all kinds of things against you we know this person slandered you and slandered your name and did all kinds of things falsely against you but this individual is going to suffer the death penalty and we want to ask you are you willing to die for the person that hurt you. See, that seems so ridiculous. We would never be in that situation. But that's exactly what Jesus did for us. And so today, maybe we can have a humble moment of grace in this room where we look at ourselves with a real mirror and say, yeah, there's areas where I could work But I want to be most thankful that of all that I've done, Jesus said, You hurt me, but I will hurt for you. I'll die for you. Bow your heads with me, and in just about a second, I'm going to open this altar call one more time today. Jesus, you saw us on trial, you saw us in the courtroom. You saw us as the one that was being attacked. Well, everyone maybe didn't understand it. They don't even know all the things maybe we've done. Maybe there's things that we would never want anyone to know about. But when it's all said and done, they turn to you, Jesus, and they said, would you be willing to die for them? And you said, "While they were yet sinners. I will die for them. Thank you for giving us value like that, God. Thank you for putting your stamp of love on us for eternity, that no matter who we are or what we do, our value's not in our actions and our value's not in, in what we think we are, our value's in the fact that you died for us before we could even choose you. And today, in this place, we're thankful that you became our sacrifice that you said, yes, I will take the death penalty for them. If you have a thankful heart, would you just leave your pew right now and come to this altar? Would you bring yourself down here and just say, Jesus, I stand as a thank you to you for in that courtroom you could have left us and said, it's all on you. You're the one that chose this. You're the one that gave yourself to that relationship. You're the one that made the bad decision. But you didn't do that, God. You walked up and you said, unshackle them. Take the chains off of them. Take the binders off of them and set them free and put the handcuffs on me. And take me away to a sinner's death because I became their sacrifice. And I have faith to believe that you did it all for a good reason. And I give you thanks today.